Welcome to AFL by Dummies. This is another fantastic show we got lined up for you. And joined with me, as always, five-time All-Australian Lachlan Ross. <laughs> Wait, where did that come from? I have, I mean, I've been in Australia for at least five years, if that's what counts. I just feel like every single footy show I've ever seen on TV and the internet just features a five-time All-Australian. Yeah. And one Brownlow medalist. Does that make you the Brownlow medalist? Oh, I was thinking I was the award-winning journalist. Okay. Yeah. So you you just want to be Jared Waitley, essentially. I was thinking I'm the Damien Barrett to your Matthew Lloyd. Oh, I'll, I'll take that, actually. I'll, yeah. I'll be Matthew Lloyd. I'll come in with my snippy comments here and there. we got another fantastic show lined up for you this week. This is the show you'll come to for all of your sports, comedy, AFL purposes. We're going to take a look back at what was most... Of round five, not entirely, because we've still got two rounds to come. And we'll start off with our highlights from the week. Lock and Russ, what was your highlight from this weekend? So, there are many ways you could give away a 50-metre penalty. And some of them are, you know, well, none of them are smart. Take that back. None of them are smart. But there are some that are worse than others. And on the weekend, we saw Jeremy Cameron do something I've never seen an AFL player do before. And that is, Blake Akers uh, took a mark and then lost his shoe. So what does Jeremy Cameron do when he's standing on the mark? He picks up the shoe and throws it away. The look on Jaron Geary's face was priceless. It's just like, what are you actually doing? What was the purpose of that? And the umpire's like, 50 metres. I feel like it was like, well, I should pay 50 metres, but I've never been told this before sort of thing. But no, it was a good laugh. Um... Not something you see too common in the game of AFL, but uh, go Jeremy Cameron. One of those interesting ones where I reckon the umpire was just as confused as everyone else was. Didn't really know what the rules were for that situation. That's a good one. My highlight came from the Adelaide-Sydney game on Friday night. The Adelaide captain, Taylor Walker, copped a lot of criticism throughout the week from all of the big key forwards in the media. And to see him show such a fantastic uh, captain's game, including uh, finally the big moment for me was taking that mark on the goal line with um, like a minute to go. 30 seconds. 30 seconds to go, basically sealing the game and making sure Adelaide were going to get across the line. Um, and just for somebody that tipped Adelaide as well, very nice moment and I very you much enjoyed it for his sake. <laughs> you literally tipped Adelaide because I tipped Sydney. Yep. I mean, you can claim it. It's more I got it wrong than you got it right. Did I tip Adelaide though? Yes. Did they win? Yes. Did you tip the opposite team? Yes. Did they lose? Yes. Enough said. Let's get into our show for this week. <laughs> um, and I'm beginning this week with a joke in our normal structure where we switch between joke and analysis. It's my turn for the joke. And my joke this week is about the Hawthorne defense. Um, now, they struggled a little bit early. At one point, I believe they were 72 to 18 down at halftime. Uh, that's a problem. And I worked out... <laughs> what makes you say that? <laughs> I know, right? Um, I believe I... they'd kick three goals straight as well, so they, know, they could have kicked three behind. It was something like 20 shots on goal to three at halftime. Yeah. Embarrassing. Um, and I actually worked out what went wrong for the Hawthorne defence on the weekend. So, you know you know how a lot of teams struggle with like normal things like kicking and you know marking and manning up and things like that? The Hawthorne defence was struggling with the fact that it was the year 2018. And here's what I mean. All of them were stuck in the past. Now, Ben Stratton clearly thinks it's the 1980s with that haircut. (laughs) It is quite the mullet, isn't it? James Sicily clearly thinks it's the 1950s because he's just going around (laughs) kneeing people and stomping on people and thinking he can get away with it. (laughs) No, earlier than the 1950s is like medieval times. And finally, this is my favourite. James Frawley clearly thinks it's the 19th century because he thinks that he can play an AFL game of footy without being able to hit a pass 15 metres away. So (laughs) that's that's my problem with the Hawthorne defence. Clearly they think the game is um, a little bit older than uh, they actually are. They still think it's the 1980s, but, you know... 
whenever they wake up and realise it's 2018, they might be able to compete against North Melbourne. So they essentially they need to get with the times. Yeah, pretty well, much. Well, I read like an article this week, and like parents don't understand a lot of like the words that kids are using these days with like lit and all that. Like not vocabulary I normally use, but of that sort of kind. So maybe, you know, they just they feel out of place in society, Alex, and they just want to go back to what feels comfortable. Yeah, I think Alistair Clarkson should introduce a, uh, in- include a new lit training session to, to get the Hawthorne defence back up to speed. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't think he'll do that for some reason. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, you're up with our first bit of analysis for this week. So... A few weeks ago, you made the case to me that Tom Mitchell was the best true midfielder in the competition. Yep. Now, obviously, Tom Mitchell's had a few down weeks, but we're not going to overreact from that. There's just been a lot of attention put on him. But uh, one player we didn't talk enough uh, about in enough detail that day was uh, Nathan Fife. Uh, I have heard he's a pretty good player. I think he has a Brownlow medal. He might. He I'm might. not sure about that one. We'll have to, we'll have to check that. So I'm just going to go through the last three weeks for him. Yeah. And this last three weeks also includes an underwhelming game against GWS. I've just included that to make it even more ridiculous, the fact that he had one bad game in this. Sure. So in the last three weeks, he has 106 disposals. Whoa. He has 36 clearances. So that's 34 disposals and an average of 12 clearances. Yep. And uh, Western Bulldogs had 32 clearances on the weekend, by the way. So 22 got 18 and one uh, got 32 in one week. Sorry, 22 yep. got 32, and one in the last three weeks has got 36. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's concerning. Yep. He has had 59 contested possessions. 20 a week, decent. Yeah, just decent. Just decent. He's also had three goals whilst he's been at it. He's such a good forward as well. Yeah, but he doesn't play forward that often. I know, often. that's the thing. And he's had 15 tackles, even though he's getting to the ball first most of the time anyway. The man's a legend. He's he, an absolute machine. I don't know what you can do to tag him. He's an absolute bully. That's the best word I've got for him. Like, the amount of times he just walks through, like, 10 people. Like, there was a case on the weekend where he just walked through four people. I'm just like, that's not right. Something's clearly out of place there. Someone should be able to tackle him. These are professional AFL players, right? They yeah. can tackle. Obviously not, no, really right. Nathan Fife and rating Frio at the moment, which is something I didn't think I'd say. Now, I'm going to quickly just go straight into uh, the next joke. And Alex, I've got a question. Yeah. So, I've, you know, I've been thinking about it, right? It's, it's been a really tough question. I've been thinking about it for some time. But AFL players are professional, right? And I, the, I believe so, yes. And the idea is they play the game, right? I think you're correct so far, but I can't be sure. Because, like... I don't know about you, right? But let's just speak hypothetically here. Okay. If you were playing your first match of the year, yep. you'd want to keep playing the next week, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. That would As, be a good idea. Because you'd want to stay in the team. Because, like we said before, you're a professional AFL player and your dream is to play AFL, right? Yeah. To play on the biggest stage in Australia and, you know, be an AFL player. Yep. Lindsay Thomas has got me thinking that that might not be the case with him. Okay. Just a hunch, right? Because I don't know about you, but I'm thinking that he must think he can duck the penalties he's going to get this week. <laughs> <laughs> and I've I've got some news for him. The only thing that's going to be high this week is the number of weeks he gets from the tribunal. Short and sharp. I yeah. like it. Just a, just a couple of punchlines, yeah. Very yeah, nice. One I thing's like for one. sure, he's not fine this week. <laughs> or maybe he is fine. I don't know. I, 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 I think he'll be getting considerably more than a fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, short and sharp there. Short and sharp, like that one. In and out, that's good. Okay, so what am I... I'm up next, right, with a bit of analysis. Um, actually, speaking of Lindsay Thomas, I want to talk about bumping this week because we had several incidents over weekend that have got a lot of talk and for a variety of reasons, and I want to have your say on them as well, but firstly, we're going to need to get some clarity out of the way. Ryan Burton hit Sean Higgins in the head with yes. his shoulder. 
No, that is the, no. That so he see that is the part where everyone else is wrong. Everyone keeps saying that he hit him in the head with his head. He did not. Watch the footage again. The top of his shoulder hits his jaw. Sean Higgins went in today for surgery. What did he go in for? To get his lip reconstructed. Why? Because he, the top of Ryan Burton's shoulder smashed him in the jaw. Right? That was what knocked him out. If he if he really like banged his mouth against the other person's head, would he really have knocked himself out and be given a serious concussion? Maybe. The, the, the fact that the reason that everyone is overlooking this, and it's close, don't get me wrong, it's difficult to tell. I'm not 100% confident, but I'm fairly confident in this. The reason that everyone is giving him the benefit of the doubt is because people like Ryan Burton and commentators like Ryan Burton. He's a nice person. Whereas in comparison to Lindsay Thomas, who this week has been slammed throughout the media for, you know, dog act and everything else that's been said about him, who Lindsay Thomas made a mistake, don't get me wrong, and he deserves the weeks he's going to get tonight aside from the week he'll get for striking Joss Elwood. But because people don't like Lindsay Thomas for his ducking history and for everything else, he gets crucified in the media for being a horrible person who deserves to spend three months on the sidelines, whereas Ryan Burton's going to play this weekend. I don't think they were too dissimilar in their acts. Ryan Burton elected to bump and got him in the head with his shoulder, knocked him clean out with the force that he went with. Okay, so... Well, that's, that's my opinion. Now, people compare it to the um, Ed Vickers-Willis one, which was... The, they, they keep them in the same bracket, but that's the exact example of what they think Ryan Burton should have been, in that Ed Vickers-Willis ran straight into his shoulder and knocked himself out. Now, in that incident, that's completely fine. Nobody should get suspended there because it was completely accidental. But they are comparing these two different incidents that just because they happened 10 seconds apart are the same and they're completely different. One of them was a complete accident and the other was an intentional act to bump which strikes him in the head. Ryan Burton deserved weeks. Okay. If, like I haven't looked at the footage up close, but if indeed he did even just clip the jaw with his shoulder, then yes, he deserves weeks because, you know, he's elected to bump and he failed, essentially. I'm still confused by the whole thing, though. He definitely should have just tackled. Yeah. He Like, he, it made sense for him to tackle in that scenario. But aside from that, like, I haven't watched it in close enough to say um, if he got the jaw with his um shoulder. If so, I agree with you. If not, I agree with what they did. Um, I don't know. It's a hard one for me to comment on. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those ones where you go back and look at the footage, especially when you once you get the behind footage, Burton lifts his shoulder at the last second and actually rises into the bump, and that's the incident that ensures that his shoulder, the top of his shoulder, goes into Higgins's jaw, as opposed to his head hitting Higgins's head. And that's what knocked him... I, I imagine that as a result of which, that impact may have also knocked... Um, Higgins' head back into Ryan Burton's head and that may have been part of it but he got him in the head I don't understand how people are just completely blind about this but go back and w- look at the footage I can't see it any other way but anyway we're going to we're gonna lighten up the mood now with a joke and this one's from me um, I enjoyed your joke last round but this is one of mine now some of you um, may have noticed during the week that Harold Sampo published an article about some of the players' names who are pronounced incorrectly and how you, yourself, can actually pronounce them correctly. Now, of course, I wasn't actually able to read this article because I don't have the Harold Sun Plus membership. That like, is the most frustrating thing I ever, I by the way. Yeah. I was almost tempted to do a segment on it yeah. one week. 
Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, so let's just quickly get that out of the way. But I thought, you know, for all those people that didn't have access to the article, I would provide my own article <laughs> of oh, no. player names who you've been pronouncing correctly th- wrong this whole time, right? And this is how the correct way you can say it. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I definitely wasn't in the process of having lunch whilst I came up with this. But so let's see if you can tell. you weren't, like, hungry? No, 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 not at all. Um, but let's see if you can tell. So... First one is Matthew Lewenberger. You've probably heard of him. He's a Brisbane Lions Ruckman. Uh, yep. Former Brisbane Lions Ruckman. Good player. Um, well, actually, you're wrong. His name is Matthew Lou and Berger. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you've, been, you've been wrong this whole time. That's oh, correct. I see where this is going to go now. This is, this is going to be chaotic. Continue. Uh, former North Melbourne and West Coast Ruckman, Drew Petrie. Well, yep. it turns out it's not, it's not Petrie. It's actually Drew Petrie. <laughs> So you, you learn something new every day, don't you? Current uh, Port Adelaide vice captain and, and gun midfielder Ollie Wines. Turns out it's not the plural form; it's singular. It's just Ollie Wine. <laughs> so he only complains like once a year. Yes, Ollie Wine once a year. This is this is one of my favourites. Um, the the young Brisbane player Daniel McStay. Um, turns out there's actually a silent K on the end, and it's uh, Daniel McStake. <laughs> and I'm guessing that's like the new McDonald's burger. Yes. Yeah. So you can order it now for a limited time only. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richmond Premiership defender uh, David Asprey is, is if you're actually getting the emphasis wrong. It's actually David Asbury. <laughs> oh no. Which is like an Asbury, which is a berry that's part oh, donkey. That's, anyway, that's the final straw. <laughs> berry. <laughs> I knew we'd go with that one. Um, and this is, I actually thought I'd end this segment with the most obvious one possible um, and one of my favourite. Um, Melbourne fullback, legend of the game, Tom McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway. Pronounced as is. Yeah, yeah, pronounced as is. That's, uh, that's absolutely correct. And um, there's nothing wrong about that statement whatsoever. <laughs> um, so. You know, the more you know, uh, public information, you will now be able to correctly say so many more AFL players' names, and I had a delicious lunch at the same time, so everyone wins. I'm sure there's, like, more. I mean, there must be more that we haven't pronounced correctly, so everyone, be on the watch. Yes, let us the, know. The commentators have it wrong. <laughs> we, may be able to, uh, this, we may be able to bring this one back for a part two. Ooh. Ooh. I have another theory. I'm just going to throw out theory after theory today. So the Sydney midfielders, right? I don't know about you, but the idea of a uh, midfielder is to get the ball first, right? I'm not going mad again. Again, different theory, but, you know, interesting. I, I'm just so insecure about the AFL at the moment. Like, there's so many things that I'm just having to, like... I'm just having to question it because everyone seems to be going about it the wrong way. If it's people pronouncing names incorrectly and obviously not thinking about food enough, if it's Lindsay Thomas wanting to play AFL, because these Sydney midfielders didn't touch the ball on the weekend. And, uh, like, that's a like, weird literally? thing. Like, Almost literally. So, Isaac Heaney, Jet, had 19. He was their top disposal midfielder. Wow. Dan Hanabry, 18. Ouch. Luke Parker, 17. He's had a good season, though. Josh Kennedy, 13. Oh, that's real One bad. of the best inside midfielders in the competition. Yeah, that's real Was bad. snubbed for all Australian last year. Kieran Jack, 11. Lance Franklin, not a midfielder, but still one of their most important players, 11. How is how do you plan on winning with that sort of team? And they were playing against a team that didn't have Rory Sloan. It didn't have either of the Crouch brothers. Didn't have a whole bunch of their best players. They were playing a second grade midfield. No, Brody Smith. Yeah, they were playing a second grade midfield, and that's the sort of performance they put in. The Adelaide players just wanted it more. They were just more hungry. I think the Sydney players went in expecting to win this. 
and they didn't because Adelaide, believe it or not, and this I'm just going to clarify another thing with you. They made the grand final, didn't they? Yeah, I, so that, I'm they must aware. be a pretty good team. Like, just that's not on Sydney midfielders. You're on watch this week. I expect a better performance against Geelong, and that's a big game. They'll be at um, Skilled or whatever it's called now. We had a segment <laughs> about that last week, I think. We'll call it Dunkin' Donuts Arena. Yeah, D- Dunkin' Donuts Ring, thank you. Oh, Ring, sorry. <laughs> um, you're on notice because that's just not good enough. Yeah, and if a steering condemnation from some wannabe radio star isn't going to able to get them into form, then I don't know what will. <laughs> no. All things considered, though, they have started this year better than last year. <laughs> Which is crazy, isn't it? They're 3-2 and two and, like, still below average. And yet, at this point at the stage last year, they were none and 5 So, go Sydney. <laughs> They're playing yeah. well. So, on the weekend, we nearly had two buys. So, St Kilda drew with GWS. And um, it was a pretty good game, um, for the most part. And there's been a lot of talk um, about... How, you know, we shouldn't have draws in the game. It's stupid that we should have five minutes afterwards. But I argue um, if, because for those who don't know, the Brisbane game was nearly a draw. There was a shot uh, with two seconds to go from uh, Rayner, which would have tied the game. Now, I wanted to see five extra minutes of uh, St Kilda GWS. I did not want to see five extra minutes of Brisbane Gold Coast. So we need to come up, if we're going to make the draws not relevant anymore and going to like come up with a way to split the tie then we need a way that works in 100% of cases. Because if it's a game that I just don't want to watch five more minutes of, like, I don't want to watch it. Like, it's not going to be interesting. So I started brainstorming some ideas of things we could do that would 100% be entertaining for the crowd. So I had ideas like, you know, you could do like a race around the ground from like the 22 and people like jumping on top of each other sort of thing. And like the team with the lowest cumulative um, time could win, but I'm like, nah, that's just a little silly. We could do like a skills challenge, you know, at Oz Kick, how they have the handballs, <laughs> and you like try and handball it through. You could do a skills challenge. Yep. And then I settled on the idea, and I think this is the most brilliant way to do it. And I'm not going to lie, I've never been so nervous to do a radio segment in my life. So I'm sure most of you have heard of epic rap battles of history. And so it's essentially to split the tie, we need a rap off between the two teams, and whoever does the better rap wins. Yeah. So, let's say that the game on the weekend was a draw between Brisbane and Gold Coast. We would go to our wrap-off. Or you would have had one for your epic rap battle of history, and you would have gone to one for St Kilda GWS as well. But I've, uh, I just wanted to give you guys a taste of how good it could be. So, um, I've come up with my own one. After the game, uh, this would be what Took Miller would say. So, he would be the representative for Gold Coast. Everybody thinks the story of the cute clash was brain art, missing the goal. But we shouldn't forget that I made Lusoko look like he should be on the doll. Heck, I negated him so bad that he refused the handshake. And that, my friends, is why I call him a snake. So I hope you like that part. However, <laughs> Alex has lost it in the corner. <laughs> Rapping's not my speciality, so I'm sorry if it wasn't the greatest, but uh, <laughs> Alex, are you good over there? <laughs> I never thought I'd hear you rap on air. So anyways, that would be what uh, Took Miller would do. Um, and I'm sure Luke Hodge would uh, come back with something along the lines of this. <laughs> Keep a straight face, Alex. 
Your club may have won on the day, but it's still a disaster. And before you call my club one, can I remind you what happened in 2001 and the two years after? You guys had one of the best players in the game and you still couldn't make finals. So when it comes to premierships, well, you guys aren't even rivals. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> that is all the rapping I'm ever doing on air. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I am such a bad rapper, but like, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the lyrics of that. That uh, <laughs> that took a little time to write up. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> okay, okay, come on, pull yourself together. We're on radio. Um, that was, that was something else. <laughs> Did you <laughs> enjoy it aside from the, was the actual rap okay. good? Okay, so, th the jokes were funny, the, the, the rap structure was terrible. Like, do you know how to, like, do beats and stuff? I know, but some of the lines are longer than others, and so you have to just use an extra bar for it. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's what, that's what the challenge of writing the lyrics is. Yeah. Um, the, the jokes themselves were hilarious. Like, like, good jokes. Well done to you. Credit to you. Especially, I liked that Rivals one at the end. Um, and, some of the, and some of them were good. I cannot believe you just wrapped on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm supposed to follow that up with some analysis now. So, you know, get excited about Dull that. Dull in the mood, Alex. I'm out. <laughs> you played your part. No, well done. Credit to you. Um, okay, so I'm going to be talking about Michael Walters. I'm going to keep this one brief because, first of all, I think we all need just a bit of a break after that. Just a recovery. <laughs> But second of all, I, I don't think this one is one of those ones that we need to talk about for 10 years. But I just wanted to say, Michael Walters kicked five goals on the weekend, had 17 disposals. The, the man is an absolute champion. You were talking about Nat Fife earlier, and don't get me wrong, Nat Fife absolutely deserves all the praise he gets. He's an absolute gun. But Michael Walters is the second best player in that team by a country mile and needs more credit. He's one of the best small forward slash midfielders that plays rotation in there in the AFL. He's so good at it, and he's one of the most damaging players that if you don't shut him down, he can completely destroy your side. Kicked five on the weekend, um, had 17 disposals. I remember the game he had against St. Kilda last year where he kicked six and had 30 or something and was so clearly the best player in the field. It was ridiculous. Um, so just a couple of brief, brief rundown of his stats. This So far this season, he's averaging 21 touches, two goals, and five tackles a game. The perfect small forward midfielder's game, basically, every week. That's what you want. Last year, he was doing slightly worse, but still very similar. 19 touches, one goal, three tackles a game. This is a man who's just bumped it up to another level. He's the absolute pinnacle of what he can do and you know is rivaling Chad Wingard um, who's having a pretty poor season actually Robbie Gray these type of players for the best small forward rotation midfielder in the competition right now and that's all I wanted to say but we're all we're all just we're all just shook I, I think that's the best way of putting it we're all just shook that was something impressive else? that was something else I've been nervous the entire show like I don't know if you could tell or not but no I definitely look forward to it anyways we're, we've got the last round now and it's our surprise one so Alex what have you got for us this week I have a very interesting surprise for you this week and it's going to be nothing to do with the fact that St Kilda GWS played out a draw this weekend and St Kilda did not get a free kick in the last five seconds that should have won the game and we're definitely not going to talk about now, that now so here's why that was a free kick okay look Here's, here's, where, here's where my segment switches uh, angles. Was that a free kick? Maybe. Would that have won St. Kilda the game had that been a free kick? Yes. Does that make a difference? No. 
to every St. Kilda fan and every other fan out there who thinks one decision in the last 30 seconds of a game has a crucial impact on the match, you're kidding yourself. This is one of my absolute pet peeves in football and in sport in general, right? It doesn't matter whether it was one player that missed a shot or an umpire that missed a decision or whatever. There are so many circumstances throughout a game that just allow players to have the opportunity to improve their side in which every single person makes mistakes. Do you think that Patrick Dangerfield gets the most votes in an AFL season and doesn't still make five to six mistakes a game? How would it be impossible for an umpire not to make the same amount of mistakes in a game, even if this was a mistake, which it's arguably not? I didn't think it was a free kick. Uh, To be honest, I'm not sure. I can see the argument for both. Yeah. Um, But it's not the point. We shouldn't be having this discussion right now. We should be having the discussion from a, well, out of curiosity, AFL, is that a free kick perspective? But not from a, you need to tell us, AFL, because this decided the game. It's absolutely ridiculous from the fans to have that expectation on an umpire, on a player, on anyone else. That does not, I'm sorry, it's that simple. That does not determine a match. One decision at whatever stage in the game does not determine a match. And I know, you know, in different sports, you know, you can get to things like red cards, right, in, in soccer and stuff because, you know, it influences the ability of a side to be able to play the game. Well, it's just a lower scoring game. Yes, but in an AFL match, no one individual decision by either a player or an umpire is going to alter the course of the game in a way that that side could not have either have an opportunity later on or earlier to put themselves in a position to win. You cannot blame anyone but the side for losing for losing. You cannot blame the umpires, you cannot blame the coach, you cannot blame one player. So if you are, you are kidding yourself and you need to get your head out of your ass. Wow. Harsh words from Alex there. No, I think the main point you're making, though, is, for instance, St Kilda had 67 inside 50s on the weekend and they scored 73. So that 67th inside 50 didn't determine the game. Yep. They had 66 other chances to score and they scored sev- 73 points. So, not like, good enough. yes, that one inside 50 could have been marred by not aided by an umpire decision. Didn't affect the other 66 where they could have scored. So, yes, I agree with you there. Um, very serious. Well, um, I think I think I wanted to say this partially because as a St Kilda fan, I think the opportunity would have been for a lot of people for me to go out there and just bash umpires and say, you know, it's an incorrect decision. We should have won that game on the weekend. Would have meant so much to us. We deserve to be with the better side, whatever. And I think as a St Kilda fan, now is the most important time to stay steadfast in that opinion and say, no. We do not hold one person to account for one decision for influencing the entire game. If the umpire got that one decision wrong, then they will answer to the umpire department about whether or not that was wrong. And and, and they can talk to them about whether or not that was incorrect. But that does not influence an entire match. And it's just something that needs to be discussed in sport in general. And I'm glad we get to talk about it. So that is my surprise for this week. Serious, argumentative and steadfast. What is your opinion for this week? Oh, it just feels like you're pushing your opinion onto uh, everyone out there, yeah, Alex. It's, you're it's a bad like ha- media influence. It's not like I have my own radio show just so I can hear myself talk and have my own opinion spread to the world. I hope that's not the reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. What do you got? Anyways, so now bear with me with this first sentence because you're going to be confused for a second. Seagulls play a big part in the footy culture. Sure, yep. Okay. <laughs> so they attend every game. They attend every single training session and... 
really, they're the most hardcore footy fans, honestly, when you think about it like that. In fact, at some St Kilda fans, the seagull attendance is larger than the human attendance. I was so disappointed. I was working on Saturday. The fact that there was only 15,000 fans there was really sad. Yeah, I heard there were 17,000 seagulls uh, that attended. So, I mean, that says a lot about the support for St Kilda. From the seagulls, not about the St Kilda. Yeah, well, yeah. it helps that St Kilda's on the beach, actually, now that I think about it. That's where they get all their fans from. You, actually, half of your membership base is, oh, actually is, seagulls, yeah. are actually seagulls. And as such, they should be treated as some of the most important fans to the game. And, you know, they're critical for the survival of the game, when you think about it. Like, they contribute a lot to the game. It's quite the atmosphere, you know. Now, a few years ago at the cricket, um, a seagull was hit. And yes, whilst he was looked after afterwards, afterwards they just made a mascot out of him, which I think was quite... It was filled with ridicule, I think. And I mean, as a big fan of seagulls, um, this cut deep for me. Now, I'm worried that the AFL has learnt from this. And like, if they bring out a seagull mascot next week, I'm going to be very disappointed. In fact, I'm going to have to be proactive about this. It's time to set up my own authority, the National Seagull Authority, NSA. (laughs) What will the NSA be doing? Well, it's totally not an acronym for anything else. (laughs) Would they be spying on specific people from above using long-range vision to record information? Yeah, exactly. But, you know, especially like danger targets. Yeah, like chips. Yeah. And um, no, no, no. That's picnics. No, the the danger targets are the people who inflict damage oh, okay, on these right. seagulls. Because there was a seagull hit on the weekend. Sorry, I forgot to mention that part. There was a seagull hit on the weekend on field. And um, I'm worried, Alex. I'm worried. But no, the NSA, which, you know, like I said before, totally original. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be overseeing the treatment of seagulls at football games. And if need be, we will sue the AFL. <laughs> protecting our seagulls. Yeah, protecting our seagulls. So to all my seagull friends out there, (laughs) You're an idiot. (laughs) Um, I enjoyed that, though. We've just had an amazing hour worth of jokes and analysis, Lock and Ross. Let's decide who was the winner. So I've taken the victory 3-2. It's actually my first win. Uh, You could build up a little bit of tension by, you know, going through them one by one. No. But, you know... Just give it away straight away. No, yeah, fine. Short and sharp, to the point. I've already done my uh, wrapping, so like I'm just, I'm just short and sharp at the moment. No, uh, good uh, performance from you this week, Alex. But uh, for the first time, you go down to me in week five. So congratulations. That says a lot about your season and my season, right there. Um, we're going to move straight on to the fixtures for this weekend and do our tips. So on Friday night, listen to this game. 16th v 18th. It is Western Bulldogs v Carlton in a thriller on Friday night footy. Alex, sell it to me. Don't watch this. (laughs) Don't. There are better things you can do with your Friday night. Go to a movie. Go to the comedy festival. Go Go to a musical. I don't know. Go do anything. Go play a game of footy yourself. In fact, you know, I was listening to Jerry Waitley the other day. He talked about the fact that you can play live-action role-playing games in, in Carlton on a Friday night. That would be a better use of your time if you were a Carlton fan than going to this game. Yep, you didn't sell me on the game. You sold me on other things, though. <laughs> uh, Bulldogs by 45, despite how inconsistent they are. Even in a bad Bulldogs will be Carlton. Yeah, Bulldogs by 32. Geelong v Sydney over at GMHBA Stadium early on no, Saturday afternoon. No, we're calling it Dunkin' Donut Ring. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. I like Dunkin' Donut Ring personally, but this will be a very close game, I reckon. Very interesting one. We talked earlier about Franklin and Hanbury. They're both out this week, so a couple of key losses for Sydney. Geelong, maybe Ablett back. I've heard potential rumours. Don't know yet. Who do you reckon is going to win this one? 
this is a tough one to call. Sydney's been good, uh, aside from last weekend, um, but they still lost to Adelaide, so that's not the most horrible loss ever. I'm thinking Sydney for this. Sydney by 10. Um, I, I'm going to go the opposite of you because I like doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Geelong and GMHBA are always forced to be reckoned with, so I'll say uh, Geelong by 15 points. North Melbourne host Port Adelaide at Etihad Stadium in our next game. A game where, to be honest, at the start of the season, I did not think both of these sides would be 3-2. and two. Yeah, this is a very interesting clash. It's our third v eighth, actually. Yes, and not the way in which you'd expect. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm honestly not sure about this. North Melbourne on the weekend put in the first performance where I thought, oh, you might actually be better than I thought you were. Yeah. Ben Brand is an absolute gun. I'm sure I'll get to him at some point this season. He's the best forward in the competition outside of Franklin, in my opinion. He's unstoppable. I'm I'm genuinely conflicted. Port Adelaide, Paddy Riderless are a much worse side. I'm genuinely not sure about well, this. Well, I'll, I'll help you out. I'm going for Port. I'm well, going for I Port. Want, by I want to tip I want to tip north, but nah. Going port, port Port has to recover. They can't afford to after losing two in a row. I will say Port by 25 but they got up it's a must win this one for them the Giants host Brisbane in the Saturday afternoon clash yes uh, what a thrilling clash this is going to be I'm going to use my 50 point margin for this so just to explain again every week Alex and I pick one game individually where we think there's going to be a 50 point margin early in the game now for the record last week I tipped Frio Bulldogs early third quarter halfway through the third quarter Frio was up by 50 what can I say? And you tipped Hawthorne to be up by 50 halfway through the second quarter against North, and North was up by 50 halfway through the second quarter against Hawthorne. So I don't know if that counts or not. Admittedly, I was right about the fact that there was a 50-point margin, just, it was just the wrong way. A 100-point swing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, GWS is going to be up by 50 10 minutes into the second quarter. Yeah, I think you might be right about that one. I don't really disagree, um, but I won't use my 50-point margin because you have. I'll tip the Giants by... 65 points though. Hawthorne v St Kilda on Saturday night um, down in Tasmania in a game that I think only the St Kilda fans will really care about because the Hawthorne will be expecting to win this one. Well, I mean, the Seagulls will make the trip uh, across the Bass Strait for you guys. So, you know, you should be honoured to have them. I'm going Hawthorne <laughs> by about 45. Yeah, Hawthorne will take this one comfortably as well. I agree. 30, we'll say 31 points. Now, you used your 50-point margin before. This will be mine. Um, I tipped Gold Coast last week to beat Brisbane, and they did, so I was very happy in that. But they're going to get belted in this one. Travelling away to Adelaide against an Adelaide side that just found a bit of rhythm last week. They'll probably get Rory Sloan back. What, what do you reckon? Halfway through the second quarter? I reckon this one will be 50 points. Well, I did 10 minutes in for the other game. Do you I'll, want say, I'll say 10 minutes into the second quarter, this will be 50 points. Yeah. That belts them. Yeah, Adelaide by 72. Yeah, that could be a real rough one for Gold Coast. One that is for two sides that desperately need a win, Essendon v Melbourne. Now, we'll see how Essendon go against Collingwood on Anzac Day, but should they lose, this will be a must-win match for both of these sides, two sides that will be looking to make finals. Yeah, it's a it's a huge match. They haven't actually both played their games this week, though, which is interesting to try and tip, and it'll be the same with the next game. I'm going to go Essendon by 24. Melbourne have to win eventually. They, they just have to come good for me. And on a fast they had stadium, they like playing there. I will say Melbourne by 13. Um, the two other sides that they were playing this week, uh, they will be playing each other next week. And that is Collingwood-Richmond on a Sunday afternoon. Now, should Collingwood win on uh, Wednesday, Anzac Day, does that mean they're a good side? I don't know. I, I think we find out after this game against Richmond how far they push Richmond or if they beat Richmond, which I, let's not think about that. That's kind of a scary thought. Um, I'm just going to go Richmond by 42 here. Yeah, I, I, 
I can't live in a world where Collingwood is a good side. So I'll tip Richmond by, say, I think I might push on, though. I'll say 23 points. And finally, to finish this week, the derby over I think this Perth. is the game of the week. Yeah, two very interesting sides. We're not really sure where these sides are at, really. Two sides that I would argue are just on the cusp of the eight and, and not really sure how far into the eight they're going to push or whether or not they'll make it. Uh, the derby over in Perth, Fremantle, West Coast. Who's your tip for this week? I don't know, honestly. I, I was going to go what you didn't go. <laughs> well, do, you, you want, do you want me to you tip first the, then? Well, have you got a tip for this? Um, I'm happy to go who you don't go, but I have a side I'm leaning towards. Who's that? I'm leaning towards West Coast. Good, I'm leaning towards Fremantle. Hey, I'll say West Coast by nine points in what will be our thriller for the week. Same margin here for Fremantle. And that wraps us up for this week. Another fantastic show. And by fantastic, I mean, it happened. It um, happened. Show of AFL by Dummies. Um, thanks for listening all to us everyone and enjoy your drive home um you can check us out on itunes very soon and um on facebook as well so you know come in come back next week tuesdays three to four every week um that's about it from us yeah thanks to everyone for listening and uh catch you next week